Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of End of Regulation. We've missed you, family. Another week, another most excellent episode coming at you. We've got a stacked agenda for episode 45, Andy Reid's Trophy Wife. Stacked with pressing entertainment and sports updates, let's go ahead and meet the cast, breaking everything down for you. In the red corner, hailing from Bernardsville, New Jersey, Harry Douglas. How we doing, kid? We're doing well, fellas. I got a big, big announcement. I was just telling Tom about this, and he's a little upset about it. Um, Hanging up the cleats on sports gambling. It's been a fun ride, a wild ride. Uh, Forever? Forever. Like, I just can't do it again. I I won't won't rule out, like, March Madness brackets or, like, golf pools, major major golf tournaments. Fun play amongst friends. That's fun play amongst friends. I'm ruling out putting money into a gambling site. You want to talk about something? You, I, no, I just, it's just you? I'm just, no, 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 not even close. <laughs> you didn't lose a Super Bowl bet, right? I did lose a Super Bowl bet. Uh, well, oh that's yeah, the, that's, yeah, that's right. That's the perfect way to make an introduction for the blue corner, hailing from Plymouth, Mass. How we doing, kid? Tommy well, Two-Tone. I'm doing well, and, and frankly, I'm the so far opposite from retiring. Uh, I have, I've been doing very well, including a couple massive prop bets from the Super Bowl, and uh, now that there's just college basketball, I'm just gonna continue to funnel all of my funds into that and keep the ball rolling into March, and hope hopefully Harrison will uh, come to his senses and and get back on board with us. Talk about throwing some salt in the woods. Nah, talks about retiring and hanging happen. up the cleats, and you talk about this run you're going on. It's okay. It's all a part of it, but I'm just going to, you know, sometimes you just got to know when to walk away. Yeah, I hear that. So let's walk away. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know the drill. We're going to give you a little insight on what we'll be talking to you about tonight. We've got Super Bowl LIV, Miami 2020. We've talking, uh, we are talking, I should say, XFL, some MLB trade rumors, some NCAA basketball, and more. So strap in, and let's go ahead and kick it off with some warm-ups, get the tires warm. Lowest amount you remembered from two weeks ago. We talked about striking our mothers. Uh, this week, on the topic of Instagram model, can't remember her name, that streaked across the field during the Super Bowl. What is the lowest amount of money that you would accept to streak during a major event? That being the majors, a Super Bowl, a World Series, a Stanley Cup. That might be difficult, but what is that number? Well, how much does it cost to like go to jail for that? And That's do you have to label was... like a if you're labeled a sex offender? Well, there's really no price that would make me want to do that. What's interesting is I'm pretty sure she was only charged with trespassing, not indecent exposure, not public nudity. Yeah, but not to um, pull this card. But if a guy does it, I think there's much more severe penalty than if a girl does it. 
I don't actually know that to be fact. Pretty easy to look at. Right, and that's you know, that's a blurred line in and of itself. However, um, I would say five hundred thousand (laughs) dollars. I uh, I'm good with that number. Yeah, about five hundred grand. That's enough. You got to figure like fees and let's say like like like, yeah, legal fees is gonna probably come out to about a hundred grand. Fact that I'm probably getting fired from whatever job I have. That Mm -hmm. that's important too. So, Google, and Google knows everything, if found guilty of a misdemeanor offense, a person faces up to six months in jail and a $1,000 fine. It is unlikely that a first-time offender will be sentenced to jail, however, within the sole discretion of the sentencing judge. Well... Um, well, then, then too also comes the cost of like having to show my wiener on national television. I that's going to come that's going to come with a pretty fee. That shit doesn't come cheap. Yeah. That I right mean, there is try, actually priceless, Tom. Try try right. dealing with that small dong shaming. <laughs> oh, shaming. Yeah, I guess on the other side of that too. The nervousness, <laughs> the weather, you got to pick a good sporting event. Well, thank God it was in Miami. City. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Imagine if it was like a Green Bay, like Lambeau Field Super Bowl, which they don't so, do, but So you say five hundred thou. What do you say, Thomas? Um I do four hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Just You're so just I get the, the contract over Harry. You are the worst. That's how um that's I think baby. I would do it for a hundred thousand dollars. And to your point, Harry, though, I don't know what the repercussions would be, male versus female. Like you said, it seems like it may be harsher on the male side, but this chick only seems to have gotten more famous from doing this. Of course. Dude, do you think Julia Rose was as, I mean, she was like relatively famous for Instagram, but think about how much famous, more famous she is now that she dumped him out at the World Series. That's, that's a topic we'll discuss off screen, but like, why can't, why am I to be shamed for hanging Dom at an event? Because it's indecent exposure. No one wants to see your dick. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, granted, we would like to see Julia Rose's boobs at an MLB game, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, not everybody Supp- does. Supply and demand, and there is very little demand. Cardin, there's about yeah. one. De- there's about one demand for you. I can think about like three. <laughs> okay, and it includes. I don't. UK. I don't. I don't count. Leave us out of this. Let's move. Uh, let's move on here. I threw this into the entertainment instead of the sports because it's not sports. So we thought we would talk about the halftime show and commercials and everything that is entertainment driven during the Super Bowl. So I'm going to kick it over to you guys uh, about your thoughts and opinions. Shakira and J-Lo plus uh, Bad Balvin and Bunny JV and all those people were there. Um, like, first and foremost, who the hell were they? <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. They they were. It's in Miami. They're pushing like kind of the Latin theme and flair. They had Bad Bunny and J Balvin and J Lo and Shakira and that guy just J-Lo looked so out of place. That guy looked about ten years in the past. Ten years in the past, and the other thing is, I'd like to see some diversity in the sense that we've seen Bruno Mars in the Red Hot Chili Peppers play, which I thought was great. You know, we've seen artists like Maroon 5 and Lady Gaga play, like, the pop and the instrumental. I, you know what I mean? I just, like, I was never really thrilled at all throughout this performance, besides the fact that it was... What do you mean? Did you watch sh- the performance? Sh- 
Yeah, dude, like, great. All right, from a perspective of Shakira and uh, J-Lo twerking on each other, fantastic. But yeah, like, that, was, that was better than the entire game. Hands I down. Un- <laughs> we'll get to I that soon because that. I have a point about that, too. But uh, I'm kind of with, with Gardner. I wasn't, like, I mean, yeah, I was watching, but I wasn't that engaged. I was just kind of, it was kind of like background noise for me. But um, I brought this up to some people. J-Lo, or not J-Lo, Shakira. 1000% was lip syncing. So brutal. That right? was You see her doing this like with the, the, the mic the constantly? Thing. Dude, the only that's the only time they turned it on is when she did the tribal squeal. Yes. Yeah, that which instantly in... became a meme. I was sitting was, in a room full of people and they're like that's going to be a meme in 30 seconds and I literally sat there saying all I can think of was SpongeBob and Don and Donnie from Wild Thornberries and next thing I see SpongeBob yeah. war, war cry. Yeah. I mean, the, the the whole show aside, I think a lot of people missed a lot of the points that was made in terms of the culture. Um, J-Lo being, being a Puerto Rican native and, you know, the, the Latin America ties that Miami has, I think it was very uh, appropriate to have them there. And I think the, the sexualized aspect of it all, including in my eyes, just kind of drew away from that. Like when J-Lo just got up there and started pole dancing. I couldn't I mean, agree more. She, you, she could have been singing fucking the ABCs, and I wouldn't have noticed from you know whatever song she was singing. <laughs> well, it, I was, saw, uh, it was mesmerizing. I, and if I you're one of those some... people, sorry, but if you're one of those no, people that are like, oh, this is this is so degrading and blah blah blah, I was like, shut shut up. This is a 50 year old woman doing stuff that's incredibly not just like sexual, obviously. But talented and singing. I think Jayla was really singing. Oh, dude, she was crushing it. Like yeah. I said, the the halftime show was a flaming dumpster fire until she stepped on the stage. Shakira was singing like a snapshot of 30 of her songs, 10 seconds of them each, lip singing the entire way through. Yeah, that was Hey, true or false, the people that are surrounding the stage at the Super Bowl concert are paid to be there. I heard that. Uh, I believe that, yeah. Because a, the, the reality, a, the, who they're the not in the stands. Obviously, they're not in the stands. They, I think they just get. It might be promotional, like you can like not volunteer, but you've got to probably be in a certain like demographic, like age yeah. wise, and and they need like a like you know split male female thing. Like, um, they I don't know if they're paid, but they're definitely like pretty hand selected. It's like a flash to, mob because they're always young, right? They're always like and they're they're always like teenagers. Yeah, and it's hilarious because if it was actual fans, you know when Shakira fell off the stage, like the whole crowd split like the Red Sea, and there was like people, staff, actual staff that was there that caught her and like moved her around. You know what I mean? So They were probably uh, all informed beforehand. Like if if you pull any kind of shit, you are going to (laughs) Yeah, you're getting tased if you touch Shakira. (laughs) Um, No, I was disappointed though because Shakira was a – a middle school hero for all of us with, you know, her dancing and singing and mostly dancing. Um, but she just was flat, terrible, didn't like it. So Flat. <laughs> flat, <laughs> flat. This is what I'm paying for? That booty's <laughs> not flat, though. <laughs> let's, um, let's talk about uh, the other piece of entertainment that occurred, which was the commercials, which is a huge part of why a lot of people watch the Super Bowl. Um I jotted down four of the best and four of the worst that was essentially listed by 
I don't know, the internet. Like they run this as a as a poll. I don't know who runs it, but this is what came up at the very top. Um, so sitting here at the uh, best at the top was the Groundhog Day tribute, the Jeep commercial uh, with Bill Murray. Sunday was Groundhog's Day, so very fitting. Um, not sure what Puxitani Phil told us, but um, I thought it was classic. Spring was is here. Good. He said spring's coming. So. Spring's coming. So, good good stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, Groundhog's Day is about as dumb as Daylight Savings. So, just putting that out there. Oh, couldn't agree more, but the movie's fantastic. So, I'm glad yeah, that mo- they kind of... Yeah, I agree. I thought, the, I thought it was a good commercial. Um, and then the uh, Post Malone Bud Light Seltzer commercial I thought was fantastic. And I genuinely believe that's what goes on in his head. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think that whole Post Malone Bud Light sponsorship is just so genuine. Like they found the ultimate spokesperson for Bud Light because he's just like, like that's just that's just what he does. Like even before the sponsorship, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna drink a bunch of Bud Lights and make some music, and we're gonna see what happens. He has and a now, Bud Light vending machine in his house. I mean, that's what I call my fridge. I just I pay to <laughs> stock it. He he doesn't. <laughs> I actually I was trying to find those seltzers all around Richmond, and all I could find were the black cherry ones. Like the, the packs, all the the variety packs were sold out. Tastes so like mad. medicine, probably. I, 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 I don't want to buy them and, and and hate hate drink all of them. So it's because Post Malone drank them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. Um, the other one that I thought was great and everybody else enjoyed was the Amazon Alexa one. What did people do before Alexa? And I thought, you know, whatever her name is, and Alan DeGeneres. That was fine, but I thought the play on Watergate and Nixon saying, Alice, remind me to delete those files or delete those tapes. And she turns and says, I'm not going to delete those tapes. <laughs> um, I thought it was, was just hilarious. I thought Amazon taking a jab at Nixon was just spot on. Good stuff. Do people actually use Alexa like that frequently? I feel like I might be in the minority there where I just... Like it's never crossed my mind to ask, like, in, I mean, have if a I'm conversation reading, with Alexa. If I'm reading something and I don't know a word, I'll ask if <laughs> I need to set a timer. I'll use it. I'm not gonna say it because she's listening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I use it, but probably not as frequently as these ads project i mean people having them in their car is ridiculous you know what i think i would if i would use it a lot for reminders well that was the whole point of the commercial though right i guess i didn't i didn't, well, I didn't watch commercials so the commercial I, I, it, it was like uh in old it, it seemed like it was like uh it was a whole bunch of different scenarios and they were using different people's names and saying you know alice and Alisa and you know all variations of everything but Alexa <clears throat> so they just basically were portraying individuals that were butlers or that were working in the hospitals and blah 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 so I thought it was good you know like I said the Nixon thing is really what stood out to me and I thought that was just hilarious and at the very end she actually says I'm not deleting that shit and like it cuts it out to Ellen DeGeneres closing her car door so good stuff but 
Um, the last one that I thought was just spot on was the Michelob Ultra one. John Cena helps Jimmy Fallon get into shape. <clears throat> they had like a whole bunch of cameos in there. But I just thought that those two did a really good job. And uh, John Cena, man, that guy is just a freaking beast. Yeah, John I'd love Cena to see can him. do no wrong. I'd love to see him and Dwayne The Rock Johnson go fist versus fist. Uh, yeah, that's definitely happened before. It has, for sure. I'm talking about real life. Oh, he's also in the new Fast and Furious, but I'm not sure if uh, The Rock's the in saga, it. The saga, bro. The ninth movie. Uh-huh. Ridiculous. John Cena's Dom Toretto's brother. Yup. Yeah. Yep. Absurd. How did we not know? Like, where has he been in the last nine movies? We're about to find out. You got to go watch a movie to, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, See where Johnny's, cars, Johnny Boy's been at. Speaking of cars, uh, Audi made it onto the worst list for their Audi e-tron commercial with Maisie Williams, a.k.a. Arya Stark, um, singing Let It Be from Frozen, driving through just absolute chaos. I thought it was dreadful. I don't know if you guys caught it, but brutal stuff. It kind of creeped me out a little bit. It just didn't make any sense. And, like, I get that they were looking and, like, doing a futuristic thing, but Arya Stark and dragons and all that is medieval, so I don't really understand what they were trying to paint there, picture-wise. I think uh, in terms of the worst commercials, the one that stood out to me was the Planters one. And I don't know who's getting paid to come up with this shit, but somewhere, somehow... It was decided that the Planters commercial was going to use baby nuts as their new hat. Like, their new slogan <laughs> is, like, hashtag baby nut. Like, really? That's what we're going with here? That's how we're going to sell this? I am happy to see the Planters re- reborn, though. I just yeah. think that, that the hashtag is not... <laughs> hashtag baby nuts. Somebody got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to come up with that. Yeah. and think, And look how much press it's gotten. Because yeah. Baby Groot you're, and Baby you're Yoda. About it. We're talking about it. Now we got Baby Nuts. It's just so a dark. natural progression of, of humans. Always got to go to a dark, sick and twisted place with things. Yeah, sicko. Drink <laughs> your Bud Light. Yeah, drink your Bud um, Light, idiot. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you about an idiot, and that's whoever is in charge of the McDonald's commercials. Uh, there was a commercial on the Super Bowl, and it just listed celebrities and what they like and just pictured the food and the items that they would select not the creative you know no one gives a shit we'd rather see the celebrities and if you can't afford them don't do the commercial you know just do a but up 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 we're loving it and call it a day i had mcdonald's on on saturday night you want to know what want to know what i ordered uh 10 piece mcnugget a mcdouble and fries and a diet uh a coke yep Nice. Yeah. Get a McFlurry. No, no, no. It was like three in the it's morning. So cute. It's so cute. You guys know each other's drunk orders. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just the only thing that you should order from. That's there. only. People yeah. Everything order, else like, is sketch. And chicken wraps need to go to hell. Yeah, I totally I, agree. Uh, my significant other here is a fan of the fillet of fish, and that's oh, something. Thomas. It's almost Thomas. a relationship breaker. That's not a red. That's a red flag, son. If she eats a fillet of fish. There's no stopping her from eating a McRib. I mean, she has morals. They're just... <laughs> Dude, filet of fish from McDonald's? No. 
<laughs> no. You're throwing morals out the out the window at that point. Would you would you eat the McRib or the fillet of fish first? If you absolutely had to. I would eat the McRib. The McRib. One thousand percent. I don't I don't think so. Dude, get out of here with that. Is like you would eat real. fish from a fast food what? restaurant? The fish is real? You it's think definitely that they more make real than the sludge McRib. for their chicken nuggets, but they go and catch real fish. You know there's yeah, only so many fish, fish in the world. It's not like they're easy to come by too. You gotta fucking catch them in a net. They probably farm. They probably farm the fish, and that's even and, worse. And too many McDonald's in landlocked states. Yeah, how did the fish get there, Tom? They walk there. <laughs> it's they're always fresh, never frozen. Oh god! Oh, no, no, that's that's Wendy's. That's actually, right. just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I don't know. Please, don't please relay to Sam from me, Harrison, to stop eating fillet of fish. We're here to help her. All right. Well, I'll have a uh, I'll have a sit down and uh, hopefully we'll have a. If you a, need to FaceTime in, revelation. If you need it's to like FaceTime me in, just FaceTime me in. Yeah. Um, uh, intervention. Well, the last voice. the last one on the list is the Procter and Gamble commercial. I don't know. Which, I don't know if you guys caught it, but it was with Chrissy Teigen and some other celebrities. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but there was like Lysol and wipes, and they basically just threw every single invention that they've ever had and creation into this one commercial um and i really honestly truly didn't know what it was a commercial for up until the very end when they said you know procter and gamble um i'm thinking of a different one then there was a there was one there was with a John legend in it and they were it was a car commercial i thought was pretty good well i know that they did a couple of them and i know in every single one of them they did way too much product placement uh, yeah there's actually a theme. There's a theme between a couple of these, between Alexa, McDonald's, and Procter and Gamble, and I didn't see Heinz, but it sounds like it might be the same. Oh, and McDonald's. Excuse me. Oh, I said that. Um, it's just showing like all of the different like things that you can do or get or you know what I mean. Yeah. It was just a. a, a it was slamming. It, as it was here's our entire product set. Like when you buy these things, you're actually buying from Procter and Gamble. Mm-hmm. Or for Alexa, like here are the all the different ways that you can actually use Alexa that you probably don't know about. But the Procter and Gamble one, it was like, oh, Clorox wipes. Oh, this is cool commercial. And then it was like they're spraying Lysol because it smells. It's like, oh, is it a Lysol commercial? And then it was the Swiffers and all that shit. And I was like, honestly, I don't know what I'm watching at this point. <laughs> um, well, that's all we got for entertainment for the Super Bowl in terms of commercials and the halftime show. Um, wanted to turn over to you guys to see if you had any last-minute updates. Um for entertainment here before we close it out. Uh, no. No. Yeah? No? All right. Have you guys seen The Outsiders? No. Also new, no. New Stephen King. Uh, new uh, Stephen King. I, I'm, I'm in- interested. I'm re-watching Peaky Blinders, so don't bother me for about two to three weeks. Dude, yes. I've been trying to get back on that grind, but somebody doesn't want to watch it, so I got to watch it. Dude, it is... Incredible. I mean, um, I've seen it. I've just been also, dying to rewatch it. You have to. I, I'm, I'm. I just finished season one again, but you have to watch it with subtitles. And I had a talk with someone about this last night, and I was like, he was like, yeah, I got, I got like halfway through the first episode, and I couldn't understand a damn thing they were saying. I'm like, dude, you have to watch it with subtitles. Well, that's that was a huge issue for 1917. They have such thick accents. There's a couple of times where Taylor turned to me and was like, "What are they talking about?" I was like, y- you got me. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you got like, 
Irish, Scottish, old yeah. like old English, British, and all sorts of shit. Um, yeah. Anyways, throw it all in there. I, I, I'm interested in Outsider. Out. I just haven't gotten around to it. And Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, check it out. It's Stephen King novels list. scare the shit out of me. So he he said it was the best depiction of any book he's ever written. So, and of course, pretty, it comes in the form of a of a TV sh- a show rather than a movie. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but it's really good. It's got some really strong actor acting and actors and actresses in there. Um, Jason Bateman's obviously in there. I believe he's even a producer on it, <clears throat> but definitely check it out. Let's talk Super Bowl, boys. Um, I'll kick it over to you guys. We'll do a little Super Bowl recap. Everybody saw it. Everybody knows what happens. Just want to talk to you guys about your thoughts, whether you enjoyed it, standout plays, negative things. I'll kick it to you guys. Um, I'll go first here. I thought it was a good game, not a great game. It's probably the first Super Bowl that I can think of where I was just like really like not watching that much. More like just interacting with the people I was watching with. Like I, I just and also I was like all giddy that I was about to win a bet, and then of course I ran my my fucking mouth. Like an do you want to do you want to elaborate? Who were you shitting on? Uh, who are you running you, your mouth you to? of course because who else oh, what's yeah i don't i don't like talk i know i talk smack to you guys a lot but it's only to you guys just know that it's from a place of love harry um, same, same to your point though i think this is like the first year in a while where we haven't seen the patriots right and so i think every year people go in either rooting for the patriots because everyone's bandwagon yeah. fans that supports the patriots or everyone hates them that's on the other side of spectrum no so, like, yeah it's it's very much the latter no, I think it's 50-50, pretty sure. Um, and and so I think, like, there's that incentive to want to watch it and see that happen. And I think for this game, like you said, they're just like, I was the same way. Nothing really enticed me. And so I was just, like, I was talking with people while also yeah. watching the game. Well, yeah, I think I, I, you go ahead. I think you make a good point there not to be the, the Patriots, you know, the Patriots super fanboy. But, to, you know, Bill, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady bring us, a sense or an urgency to the game that just it really isn't there when they're when the Patriots aren't there and it's almost become like a a commonplace and so I thought on the other hand it was cool to see some of these new like emerging storylines and a lot of what I've heard about this game now is like how many how many are Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid going to be able to do Pat Mahomes is about to sign a monster contract and he's only 24 so if you want to talk about, you know, the new era of the NFL, who, who is it really going to be in, for the next 20 years aside from Pat Mahomes and, I don't know, the I like what Lamar Jackson's doing, but, like, let's be real, they got shit on this year. The yeah, New you York think about, football you think about Giants. This, you also have to think about this yeah. draft class okay. coming in, too, with Tua and Joe Burrow and, and I company. Mean, We'll see when they get there. Pat Mahomes is in his what third year, fourth year. No, I, I agree. I agree. And he's got, he's no, got an dude, MVP, Mahomes, Super Bowl ring, a Super Bowl MVP, Mahomes led the league a, in passing Mah- yards, touchdowns. But sometimes, but sometimes big contracts can dilute that. He just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, though. That's gonna get the big contract and then like, he's just like he seems like a, an ultimate competitor kind of guy. Not um, necessarily. Not necessarily have like an ego about him my my worry is the fact that when you have that much money on your shoulders and you're coming off of a super bowl there's this pressure like tom said how many are you gonna win you know you're 24 yeah. years old you're 
or 23 years old, 24, you're the youngest MVP and, you know, Super Bowl winner. There's this now expectation, like, you've peaked in the beginning, essentially, of your career. And so, like, what's next to come for Patrick Mahomes? Uh, that's that's I, what I'm talking I mean, about. I mean, I don't think he's – I don't think there's going to be a regression. I think it's going to be – I mean, this kid is just an unbelievable talent. And when you look at the roster they have around them, you know, Damian Williams, young guy. Travis Kelsey, young guy. Tyreek well, Hill, Kelsey, young guy. Kelsey's 30. Tyreek is 25. Watkins is probably 20, 29. I'd be surprised if Watkins is on the team next year. Um Miko Hardman is 22, 23. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they do have all the teams. But, like, if they can bulk up that defense, they could win. They could go to the Super Bowl for the next five, six years. Yeah. And, I mean, and look at the AFC. Like I said, aside from Baltimore next year, we don't know what New England's going to look like. I mean, if you want to – I don't trust the Texans to really do anything. Or, the, you know, the Titans had a little miracle run there. Are they going to repeat that again? Probably yeah, we got, not. We got free agency coming up. You know, there's a lot of speculation, and yeah. and we'll see. Yeah. So um, there's a I, lot of like we've we've discussed. There's a lot of teams out there that have a team to be successful. They're just missing that that one piece. So I think, like to your point, yes. You know, we've only got the Ravens really to anticipate, but I think things will will slowly change as we get closer to the season. So on that note. Is Kyle Shanahan the problem in San Francisco? Absolutely not. I'll so tell I'm... you I'll tell you what, I think it's Jimmy G. That guy got carried to a Super Bowl and I put all my eggs in a basket thinking that he could get them to a Super Bowl and he was a flop man. Dude, he throws more ducks for passes than like than than really anyone to get that deep like to go to a Super Bowl like I don't know if he, Tom Brady protege. That I just was don't. Just, I I don't even like. Does he? Is, are his hands too small that he can't fully grip the ball? Like, it just doesn't come out clean unless he like. And it, it you know he can throw the long ball and all that, and he, he has moments of of you know I guess greatness if you want to call it that. But for the most part, like he's really not that great of a thrower. He had the opportunity to win the game. That deep ball to Manny Sanders with I don't know what it was. He, he he had Manny Sanders. He beat Sherman. He beat whoever. All he had to do was put it in his hands, and he overshot him by, like, five yards. Yeah. I, I do – in watching that play and watching the replay, I don't want to say that Manuel Sanders kind of pulled up, but, like, he didn't, he didn't lay out. He didn't look like – it looked like he kind of chalked it up that that ball was going to sail too far, so he just kind of – it looked like he kind of went out of his sprint in the last three, four yards. I, I, I would have liked to yeah. see him like really try to like lay out and make that catch. Um, but obviously hindsight is twenty yeah, twenty. I there, mean, I'm blaming Jimmy G. And again, I know you can't ever really point and say that this one play is what changed the game. Yep. But that one play could have won him the game. One play can't what? lose you the game, but in this gotta, case, yeah. one play could have won you the game. Yeah, to, I, to answer your question, I think Kyle Shanahan is a great coach, and I honestly, this might be a bold statement, I think he's a better coach than Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid just has a better team. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Timeout. The Red Sox have agreed to trade outfielder Mookie Betts and David Price to the Dodgers. Wow. 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 
that was going to be a topic of discussion. That was, that so, was a topic of discussion. Wow. Yeah. And um, but before we before we move on, I do want to bring up one thing. I've, I sent you guys an uh, Instagram earlier today regarding the offensive pass interference called against uh, George Kittle, which was a, which would have been a, a very um, in terms of just a, a keeping the drive alive, momentum shifter, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's interesting because they, they stack it up against the Kyle Rudolph touchdown against the New Orleans Saints to send the Vikings to the NFC Championship. And I'm just curious, like, you know, here we come again of, like, you know, just the ambiguity of, of pass interference where they pretty much do the exact same thing. One gets the call, wins the game, goes to the a- NFC Championship game. The other one, the call goes against the offense kills the drive ball goes to Kansas City and they're able to go down and score after that um, I just thought that that is another you know monumental play um, where the NFL just doesn't seem to know when to call it when not to call it and doesn't have like a clear defined rule um, and obviously if it was challenged which I don't believe it was um, you know it would have been upheld but you know it's just it's kind of a shame to see that that come into play again it wasn't just it wasn't debated nearly as much as the Kyle Rudolph one because of the magnitude of the play but still it's 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 pretty unfortunate to see that that get called at that moment in the game yeah and the pass interference on I think the Chiefs it was like third and 15 and Mahomes threw to Kelsey in the end zone and that turned out to be pass interference and like even that was a little questionable Chiefs ended up scoring and next thing you know it, it was kind of the turning point in that fourth quarter that sparked their 21 point run um i'm I don't, I don't know i don't know what you can do about it but i'm just like sick of the discrepancies like there needs to be yeah. they should just let them fucking kill each other out there and if you well, can get past the the holding and the pi then more power to you yeah i mean it's just it's too easy for an offensive player to sell it you know all you yeah. do because you how many times have you seen a, a receiver kind of going for a ball but he just throws his arms in the air and this and the flag comes out and for like the the excitement of the game the refs are obviously going to lean toward the offensive guy getting the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. uh, you, you never want to call back a scoring play or a big a big exciting gain because there was a push-off like that's just the nature of the nfl you want the big exciting right you know, deep deep pass or crazy circus catch whatever and you know if, if that involves a little offensive pi yeah so and it's and it's but it's tough because and this will be my last point on it that i think in the in the magnitude of the game such as a super bowl um, or even a playoff game in general they should be a little bit more let the boys play rather than let's get a flag involved and really make controversy mhm i also agree to that well, let's go ahead and uh, move on here to more pressing matters. We'll kick the XFL down the line and talk MLB here. Um, Tom just obviously brought it to our attention. Breaking news, the Dodgers agreed to a deal with the Red Sox to acquire Mookie Betts and starter David Price. So, Tom, I'll let you go ahead and dive into this one. I know this was speculation and that we all said in the post that we threw up that it was imminent, but... Let's talk about what this means for the Red Sox, what this means for you and your emotions. I'm uh I'm I'm feeling it right now to be honest with you. Mookie was my you know, my favorite player in baseball. I got his jersey 
my probably my favorite Boston athlete right now, not named Tom Brady, obviously. Who the fuck even knows? Brady's a Boston athlete at this point. But anyways, that's beside the point. This sucks for the Red Sox, but in the wake of everything, it's probably best for Mookie given um, we signed him in arbitration for the largest arbitration deal ever. So he's owed like $27 million. Price had a monster contract, and I know that a lot of this deal uh, was revolved around Price's contract getting eaten up by the Dodgers. And the Red Sox farm system is dog shit, and this is something we've been over. This is why we brought in uh, a new GM. We got rid of Dombrowski because Dombrowski has been notorious for selling all assets and getting championships. That's exactly what he did. And now the Red Sox, um, you know, unfortunately need to bite the bullet here. And that unfortunately means selling their biggest asset in Mookie Betts. Uh, he'll always have a fan of me here and I don't know what this means now for the Dodgers that is going to be an unreal team if you think about Cody Bellinger Mookie Betts and Jock Peterson in the outfield along with everyone that LA has that is a scary lineup Uh, David Price got a lot of shit too I like David Price just kind of injury prone Uh, but again this is just another gaping hole now that the Red Sox have to fill Uh, they're losing their best batter or probably their best hitter for average and I, I don't quite know what the 2020 season's going to look like at this point we don't have a manager we're down a starting pitcher uh Cy Young winner down an MVP this is going to be a very new look Red Sox team and uh yeah it's, it's times are bleak right now for the Boston Red Sox Everything's going to be all right, Tom. We'll get through it. I mean, yeah, the good news is that we're getting, I believe uh, Alex Verdugo was a name that was mentioned, and he's a big prospect name. And a couple other guys, they weren't real, like, top-tier talent, but the Dodgers have a good farm system. And like I said, I'm assuming they're going to eat a lot of Price's contract. So the Red Sox are going to have 30 or $40 million in cap room to spend and whether they go out and spend that now or uh, re-sign J.D. Martinez, I think they're going to have to get another big pitcher, obviously. Their bullpen needs a lot of help. So as, as much as it hurts, unfortunately, I think this was in the best interest for the Red Sox. And it, it's going to be money well spent because, uh, frankly, we didn't have any room to spend. And so now we have a little more flexibility. And, I mean, honestly... It, it given the whole managerial situation and the firing of Cora, it might just be in the Red Sox best interest to tuck their tail this year and uh, let the Yankees do their thing because we are not equipped at the moment to fight with the Garrett Cole face Yankees and uh, I'm not afraid to admit that. What would your recommendation or what do you think uh, or expect them to do with this influx of dough that they're going to acquire? I would re-sign J.D. Martinez right now to a like another four-year deal. And then I would go out and get... I mean, at this point, fuck it. Fuck it just sit on the money. You don't have to spend all the way to the luxury cap. Um, I would just sit on the money and wait for the new CBA to come out next year, which will bump up 
the salary cap, and then we'll have a bunch of money to spend on, I don't know, whoever the whoever the big free agent names are next year. I'm not really sure what the market's going to look like, but there's going to be uh, somebody out there, and he's going to be like to Boston. It's going to be like Arenado. He's he's on a one year arbitration deal. Chris Bryant is going to be free agent after 2021 season. Um, guys like that. So yeah, I don't know what the pitching the pitching prospects will look like. Um, just I don't know. Maybe Madison Bumgarner, just a rental. Like, I know he's old though. Like again, just absolutely spitballing names here. Don't think that's gonna really happen. I'm just so lost right now. I'm just trying to think of like best case scenario names that might end up in Boston. Well, we will uh, we'll see what happens with the rest of when is the trade deadline. Uh, it's trade not for a deadline? while. Not for a while. Yeah, it's not until like halfway through the season. Yeah, um, August. Interesting. Um, or sorry, not trade deadline, free agency. I think um, everyone's kind of signed right now at this point. Spring yeah. training's in like two weeks, so everybody has their rosters, essentially, except, there is, except for the Red Sox. There so is this, was, this is r- the, kind of the biggest news that'll come out before then. There is a rumor mill going on right now about Yankees trading uh, for Chris Bryant. Um, they would give up Miguel Anduar, Estevan Florial, um, most likely, um, and that would put... That would pretty much just make our lineup just absolutely disgusting. It would make our defense disgusting. Um, and the Yankees are kind of, now that they got Cole, they're kind of in that let's just sell out to, to win championships. Um, you know, they have a great uh, farm system, so they can use those guys as trade bait. And getting someone like that, that would make our infield look like Luke Voigt, DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, Chris Bryant, Aaron Judge, G- uh, Giancarlo Stanton, and someone in left field to him unsure of at this point is garden is brent garner still on the team i think he is but um i think he'll he'll play in the field every once in a while i know they still have clint frazier he's probably gonna be in, in the trade talks with you know whoever they can uh, i'm sure he'll be in trade talks for whoever they're looking at um considering that he's had a weird relationship with the yankees ever since he got there really good talent but just not that solid defensively yeah um so I'm sure he'll be part of trade bait as well. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, next topic and subject that we were going to cover, which is the XFL. Kicks off this Saturday, hoping to fill a void in our lives now that the Super Bowl is come and gone and NFL is officially over. So you can catch it on ABC, Fox, or ESPN. Some of the notable rule changes, uh, one foot inbounds for a catch, one play OT drives, uh, best of five conversion, think penalty shootout, but with plays from the five-yard line. Uh, clocks, what did you say, Tom? I, I love it. That's my favorite rule, and I wish that the NFL implemented that too. It's, give, it's me, good, give me your five best rule. plays to score. I love, I love stuff like this. The MLS did it back in the day when they first started where – you started essentially from the midline, and you ran the ball. You didn't place the ball. You didn't. It wasn't like the penalty kicks we know today. And so, as a goaltender, you were pretty much a shit out of luck because uh, you could do as you please. It was similar to a shootout in hockey. So I, I love any kind of any way to throw that that idea in there. Uh, just spices it up a little bit. 
Uh, but they also uh, clock stops after every play within two minutes of the half and game. Um, no coaches, challenges, all plays reviewed by uh, replay official. So those are the rules going into Saturday. Um, not really sure much about the uh, XFL. Haven't watched much of it or, you know, read much of it, but we'll see. Tom, are you a huge fan? I mean, I'm a fan of anything Vince McMahon has his hand in. That's for goddamn sure. Guy is yeah. probably the most electric personality in all of sports entertainment. He's like uh he's like the X rated Jerry Jones, is how I would I would consider Vince McMahon. And uh hence the XFL. I I mean I think <clears throat> I'm interested to see what his ploy is here, where a lot of the rules it seems he's targeting all the most important or like biggest problems that are in the NFL right now, one being replay, where everything says and goes by one guy up in the booth that's on the field at the time of the play. No, you know, gathering and conversing with somebody in New York. It's there and it's done. Um, and I think overtime, too. A lot of people right now hate the fact that it's, you know, first team to score a touchdown essentially wins. Um, it, it's similar to college. It, it's like a good, it's a good mix of, of sudden death in college, where it's like every team gets a shot, but you really only have your five best plays. I think that's going to be exciting. I hope every game goes to overtime for that matter. Um, and and then kind of you know what is a catch? That's <laughs> that's like the biggest philosophical question in all of football. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look. You got your hands on it. You got one foot in. Fuck it. All right, that's athletic enough for me. I think it's exciting. I think it's going to be exciting. I, I don't know exactly like the the skill level that's going to be there, uh, but I I think the rules are also kind of dumbing it down a little bit to uh, to account uh, account for that you know discrepancy in NFL talent versus XFL talent. I also think it'll just speed up the game, like you said which will make fans happier because I know in terms of the NFL, everybody loves it, but you know, in the X amount of hours that it takes to finish a game with no overtime, you know, there's only seven to 14 minutes of play time. So I think as a fan, if you can expedite some of that, I think everybody will be a lot happier. And and halftime is only 10 minutes to speed it up as well. I just hope that Johnny Manziel is on a team. That's all I'll say. I don't know a single actually. I don't know a single player except for. Uh, Did Chad Ochocinco decide that he was going to do it? No, he was Marquette, supposed to go to Marquette King, the punter, the old, the oh, from punter the Raiders. from Oakland. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be in the XFL. So I don't even know if he's a punter now. Dude, I thought like, he was like legit. Like, what the hell? How did he just get played out of the NFL? Yeah, I thought he was pretty good too. I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. Maybe he's too flashy. But, I mean, I guess Marquette King will be an excellent talent indicator. Like, if they have him playing, like, fucking wide receiver or, like, handling the ball of any sort, it's like, all right, well, that he was a punter in the NFL. That tells you just exactly the, the level of talent we're working with here. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk NCAA basketball. Tom, I know you had some things you wanted to touch upon, so I'll kick it over to you to uh, chat it up. 
Uh, so yeah, it's it's tough right now to cover everybody, but we are really deep into the season. We got about a month left until March Madness to this day, um, and so this is really when you want to start paying attention. Really, when you want to start watching, because all of these conference games matter, and we're only a few weeks away from the conference tournaments. Uh, if you haven't been watching, Baylor basketball is legit. And in terms of the Big 12, it's basically Baylor and Kansas. Kansas, I think, is the number two team or number three team. Um, and then there's a bunch of teams in the Big 10, obviously. Uh, SEC's got their Kentuckys. And, of course, the ACC's got Duke and Louisville and, you know, everybody else. But my, you know, <laughs> off the top of my head right now, Baylor is going to be a legitimate number one seed. Um, obviously, Gonzaga is going to be up there because they just shit on everybody. And I like Dayton as well. Uh, I know a lot of people probably haven't seen very much of Dayton because they're an A-10 team. Uh, luckily, being at VCU, I've seen plenty of Dayton firsthand in person. Um, and the name you need to know, the name you need to remember is Obi Toppin. Do not forget this guy's name. He is probably the most electric basketball player I've ever seen in person. Just like throwing down Vince Carter type dunks in pregame. And he even fucking threw one down in game. That was pretty epic. So again, I don't really want to get too into it yet. We'll get into it a little bit closer to March Madness. But um, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably put money on Baylor, on Kansas, on Louisville and on Dayton being the number one seeds. And Gonzaga, but, you know, they're kind of always in there by luck of the draw. Very nice. Well, that is all we got for sports tonight, so let's go ahead and close it out with some buzzer beaters. Harry, I'll kick it over to you. Um, uh, buzzer beaters. What's been going on in the world these days? Um, I'd like to make a point that the coronavirus is merely just a scare tactic um, and that the common flu kills far more people um, globally than the coronavirus has or will. I think it's more so how it's spreading than the death toll. The, well, death is really all that matters, no? Well, well I, yeah, think it's but the, I think it's the percent of died versus the percent infected is an important number. So, so how many people die that have been infected? Versus, like, yeah, how many people die from the flu just because they have the flu? Well, I just, I just want to say I hope everyone stays healthy from the flu or the coronavirus. Don't travel to China. I know I won't be. Um, and if it spreads wear, wear any further, if you're on and the if, plane. It's, if it spreads any further, I will be taking my talents to the great islands of the Cayman Islands and uh, chilling there. Opening a bank account as well. Open a bank account. I'm yeah. going to work at TCBY Treats, serving soft serve ice cream. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's a hard place to serve ice cream, you know? Melts real quick. Mm-hmm. Tom, what do you got for us? Well, if you guys aren't doing anything this Saturday night, we have John Jones returning to the Octagon, facing off against Dominic Reyes. And I think John Jones is going to come out and make a statement. I mean, the guy has literally never lost, and every time he takes 
the octagon, he's center stage, and he just kicks ass. So I'm going to be tuning into the UFC this weekend. I suggest you do too. Uh, you know, Return of Bones Jones is what everybody wants to see. He's a UFC bad boy. And, uh, I mean, what's better television than that, you know? I heard that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. As always, we hope to see you next week. Please click the link in our bio or check us out on Spotify or iTunes to subscribe for weekly released episodes. Go ahead and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook so you can stay constantly entertained in between those episodes. And to close us out here tonight, we've got some music history, and we're going to touch upon the Rolling Stones. This day in 1966, they released 19th Nervous Breakdown. It reached number two on both the U.S. and the U.K. charts. So, enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Peace. <laughs>